0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which...
2: McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: There's an attacking prowess to our game at the moment where we create really good chances. Um, and have scored some really good chances. I think we're dominating the ball as well, uh, which is something that i would like us to do, playing in the opposition half. But the other side as well, restricting the opposition to few chances, which is always good. I think we're we're playing with a little bit of domination at the moment, um, but also, we seem to have a little bit of a spring in our step as well, which is always nice. No, there's definitely more to come.
2: When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's uh called, My Old Man. Scoring Pledge at the moment, though, and here's McGinn, he's through, McGinn! better have two, and McGinn has three in a week, and McGinn through the middle, Make no mistake.
1: Welcome to the My oh Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of myomansaid.com. Joining me on the first show of the season, where we are sitting in the playoff spots, the omnipresent Max Stokes of uh, Villa on Tour. Hello. And Mr. Chris Budd. Good evening. gentlemen. Thank you very much. What was Max doing on the pitch against Middlesbrough? I ran on. Did you see that, bud?
0: I did. It's been the theme of the last few weeks, isn't it? People (laughs) running on the pitch and causing chaos.
3: We're on the pitch, boys. This is all a bit mad. This is all a bit mad. They are. Boss Manadoma. He loves it. Kalinich, mate. Kalinich? No. Jimmy? Jimmy Danger? He loves it. What's he doing? What? <laughs> Bang it, top bins, mate. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> I mean, I heard that somebody was going to run onto the pitch of uh, Villa Park and try to lamp Tony Pulis, but this was. Was this at half time? Max couldn't get near him. He parked the bus in front of him.
3: <laughs> no, that was my mission to go and lamp him one, but I didn't quite get there. Was it half time? It was, yeah. Basically, you know, you know the pride reward points. Oh you can yeah, spend, yeah, you can spend them and go on half time. Can you? Yeah. What? Just stroll around? <laughs> well, within reason. We asked him, we couldn't go in the goal or anything, but anywhere on the
1: pitch, do what you want. When I saw the footage, obviously going around social media, I thought you had braved the uh, the challenge to kick the ball into that where you can win a ah the old prize where it lies. Yeah, prize where it lies—a lifetime supply of pucker pies, or your height in Heineken, or whatever. That just people perpetually fail. It's at always badly. bad, isn't it? Always bad. Yeah, it's not even there's entertainment been, there's been, there's anymore. Been one
0: really good person this year.
1: <laughs> how, how do you get entered into it? You 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 go to the game knowing you're doing it, don't you? Yeah,
0: you buy your way in, don't you, with the, your prize rewards?
1: Yeah, right. You would think you would go down your local park a few days before and just practice to get the weight of it if you're not a you know obviously a regular player just bad preparation if you prepare to uh, what's what's the catch preparation prevents piss poor performance the 5 p's now the what's the other one fail to prepare prepare to fail exactly so if you're entering into that uh, half time competition uh, get down your local park and sort it out because there's, you know, thirty thirty five thousand 35,000 fans just getting disappointed every <laughs>
0: fortnight. I just want someone to chip it with a bit of, like, cut on it and it just land
1: perfectly and stop. Anyway, we, we are digressing on... For a uh, change. Yeah, for a change. So, gentlemen, uh, it's, it's all changed. Within a month, I don't know about you guys, but after that West Brom game, after that limp performance, where Dean Smith was arms folded on the side and he seemed to be powerless uh, to do anything make any impression uh, in that game and it looked like it was game set and match and in fact we uh, we had a season ending party on the uh, the podcast that followed but is this taken you by surprise max what's uh, happened in the last uh, four weeks it has a bit
3: i think it was brentford away after that i think we've all we'd all conceded to the fact that it just wasn't going to happen i think you actually tweeted like that the 18-19 season was over we're all liars, but yeah. it's just—it just sums up the championship that it's just four wins, and you're right back in there. It is—it is, it is a weird one, but we've done it, and hopefully we can sustain it and carry on.
1: It's the championship, such a cliche, but I think part of the reason why we thought it was over because you looked at those fixtures, and it was four tough games against teams that were in very much in the playoffs, and we've just rolled through them.
3: Well, yeah, it was this this sort of run in November, wasn't it? You look at these these fixtures, and they're they're hard, you know. You look at the Middlesbrough derbies that were up there, and we just seem to come through it both back then and now with flying colours. And it's just that 15 game run where we got what was it two wins that that, yeah. that was what that's what's cost us.
1: Bud, were you expecting this, or had you resigned yourself definitely to a fourth season in the championship? I thought the season was over. I actually, I, I thought, and we discussed. I,
0: I knew Villa would have a run. I didn't think the run would continue to be that bad. I don't know if we discussed. We were disgusted. We were disgusted. I I always thought we would have a run. I just thought it would be at the end of April when the season was over. Yeah. Um, I always thought you know once people are back we're going to be a much better side. But to you know for for Grealish to come back so quickly and just to click um, and it shows you know what a bit of momentum and a bit of belief on and off the field can bring
1: yeah yeah i remember you saying that and i thought that was quite logical that suddenly with the pressure off filler would you know win the last four games and so beat leeds beat norwich and it would mean nothing uh just one one thought dean smith like historically and i'm not just picking on dean smith uh has always been capable of these five six wins in seven games these kind of shorter bursts of runs and then he goes on these crazy long uh underachieving periods of like like we've just said two wins in 15 i think in Warsaw he went 16 without a win i'm hoping that he stretches that out a bit this time and uh, gets to the end of the season uh with let's say uh how many games left eight eight to go isn't it i believe yeah if we can bag six of them i think that's game set and match well it definitely will be uh up i think if we get uh well, in the playoffs, anyway, six out of eight. But if if he can sustain that, then it gets interesting. But we'll talk about the playoffs uh, in a second. Uh, if you're new to the show, this isn't. This is more of a, a relaxed uh, catch up, basically on the forest and. Uh, Borough game and then we'll look at the uh, the all new playoff picture, which has obviously changed because we we never even considered ourselves really getting in there until uh, I think we said we had to beat Blues Forest and obviously Burra was the uh, the cherry on top to definitely cement our places there. So we'll talk about that now with our new uh, knowledge that we have, that we are now sixth. Uh we normally have uh, three points, but we'll get rid of that uh this episode and have uh minus nine points instead. Hey, hey, obviously referring to uh, the blues Uh, we'll just quickly go over that because it is quite interesting because it's from the point of view that uh, this is kind of a precedent in terms of the new uh, fit and proper rules and how they've actually uh, we've actually finally seen some points uh, taken off normally it's like some kind of token gesture fine but obviously it relates to Villa because we are not out of the woods so uh, as well as discussing that and the the Borough and Forest games and then We'll have a quick look at the playoff picture and also at the automatic spot because uh, three teams going gun ho Now the baggies have uh, slipped off the pace. Right, uh, onto those minus nine points. What did you think about that? Uh, did you have any opinions of that? Because I think a lot of people, were, Blues fans, were saying there's, there's going to be a 12-point deduction. Suddenly a 12-point reduction would have put them slam-bang in the relegation battle. Nine points, they're kind of hovering, what, like five points above the drop zone? And uh, unless they capitulate, they should be okay. And and some people have complained that it's just meaningless. It doesn't really affect them, the nine points. And it seems to have been uh, nine points because of that. I think there's a certain amount
0: of them dodging a bullet. I think from what I've seen... Online from Blues fans and the press, it it would appear that Blues have got off lightly. I think most of them are reasonably content with that. You know, a five-point gap should be enough with the rubbish teams they've got beneath, beneath them and the teams they've got to play in the running. They should be fine. I think, you know, have they played well enough to deserve to not to go down? As much as it pains me to say
1: yes, I think they have been better than, you know, They're deservedly where they were in the league for a reason. Because I mean the actual fine itself. When you look at it, obviously they're in you know financial trouble. Zola spends about seven point four five, and then when Redknapp comes in, they already know they're uh, in breach of the uh, financial fair play rules. But they sanction Harry Rednap to spend an extra twenty three point seven five million. I mean he gets in nine permanent signings five lone players i think that was half the brentford team wasn't it if i memory serves yeah me and right. all these guys so they did that blatantly and when it comes to the breakdown of the points i think they got like a reduction mitigation because they had uh admitted to it quickly so they got one point deducted off their their tally and they were on six points but because of this blatant uh it didn't matter what you know, the, how quickly they admitted their guilt and how they helped the EFL, et cetera, et cetera. Just the fact that they uh, the Harry Redknapp spend that got them that extra three points. So that's how it ended up in nine in the end.
3: Yeah, it is a funny one. I think they've called it a soft embargo. So there's no there's no transfer ban or anything like that. But I believe they're still ongoing talks with the EFL I'm not too sure but in terms of the relegation scrap as you said I don't think they're going to be in too much trouble they are five points clear but after losing the last four they might be a little bit nervous but
0: this has been yeah. one of their
3: best seasons in in a long time to be fair to them Gary Monk with the players he's got he's done a very very good job and it's just it's just typical isn't it that this is the season
0: it'll get interesting in a few weeks though because they go to the baggies next then they've got Leeds and Sheffield United at home so their pitcher could know, really change within yeah. a yeah. month's time. It could get very nervy down there.
1: I think the EFL has still got to announce the re- ramifications of what happened at the Villa game uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, that the reality of that, I'm sure, will end up being just a
0: fine. Yeah, it's not going to be,
1: obviously, uh, extra points. So. There's
0: also other ramifications in the league, of course, with the issues going on at Bolton, which could have a, a much bigger effect on Villa. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, if Bolton were to, to go bump, all their points would get pulled mm-hmm. of which we have three and we wouldn't be able to play them. And we've still, and we've still to go to
1: the, uh, whatever it's called this year. Is it the Macron stadium now? I think it's called the Macron. isn't it? Yeah. That's I've speaking to some Bolton fans at, uh, this week I've been to a EFL club fan rep meeting, uh, f- football, football, supporters federation in london and uh, they're actually based in sunderland but the meetings are in london and also the west midlands police football unit independent advisory group to have a debrief on the, the blues game which was quite interesting i'll probably mention that later on uh and yeah sorry in, in the efl meeting the bolton chap i think they said if they didn't get their asset of community value they may have lost their stadium already and this is something that i i helped put in place for Villa Park obviously when Randy Lerner was uh, selling but yeah there's there's now the term the crisis clubs is a is just a well known phrase now that's thrown around in all these meetings you know obviously covering Blackpool Coventry Bolton etc ourselves and, at one point and Villa could have been very much in that bracket uh, which is worrying and uh, you know now we're happy-go-lucky as a club well uh, once we get past probably the next season in terms of financial fair play but a lot of people don't realize how close we were to being one of the biggest examples of how football has completely gone wrong in the Premier League age anyway uh, just yeah just one thing Uh, that was the was the player that the Blues signed that they thought they were going to get shot down over because it broke the embargo that Pederson the left back is that right yeah 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 Pederson apparently that wasn't uh, seen as much of an issue and that didn't incur any of those points of that penalty so you know some fans have said that would have been that would have been one of the main reasons why they got stung but uh, apparently uh, that didn't affect the uh, the final uh, verdict Anyway, before we go on uh, to uh, look at the recent games, so just a quick shout out to the myoman said patrons uh, who have joined in the last week or so. Thanks very much to George Jones, Craig Gregory, David Waldron, Simon, I can't even pronounce that surname. Uh, it's got some accent on it. Hutstrom Udstroll, Simon Udstrol Stuart S, Mysterious Stuart S, James Cook, and Bethany Davis. Thank you very much. And please do sign up and support the show so we can improve the quality of Max Stokes Microphone That would be the first thing on the (laughs) list. Uh, Sorry. Go to to myomensaid.com and click on the Patreon option and please do sign up. I'll be revamping the options. Also, uh, I'm not going to call it out now, but uh, there's an interesting competition uh, winging its way which uh i'll slide some patrons in there i think 10 people will have something interesting to do i think it's thursday morning if you're free april 4 so look out to that one I, we'll probably announce it on the next podcast just finalizing details uh now right on to uh forest borough we did say the blues game was all very well and good winning that but the real uh trigger to playoff potential would be beating forest and those cheeky bastards went one nil up after two minutes again max stokes what were you thinking when that happened were you thinking six all oh yeah i actually was after
3: we went two one up as well but after they went one nil up i was thinking right here we go again i wasn't expecting <laughs> us to do what we did but it was a nervy start to be fair that um yeah it was a fluky goal it probably shouldn't have gone in he didn't mean it we all know that but we got back into it fair plays to us after seven minutes I, I couldn't see what was going on down the other end, I'm going to be honest. but,
1: but Did you get there in time for this game, to be honest? Yeah, I was, I was there in <laughs> plenty of
3: time, to be fair, yeah. No run into the ground this time, which was a bonus.
1: <laughs> I, I wasn't at the game because I was at the airport waiting to go on a cheap holiday to Tenerife. It's uh, a, an annual thing that uh, the males of my family and the friends of the males do. It's just like a long weekend. But we were in a hotel bar. Obviously want to see the game. Problem is there's a big, big game on and so I rang up the uh, hotel and they said oh yeah we have a TV room uh, one screen though and I said have you got two screens because I know a lot of people want to watch Liverpool by Munich I not know why it's first come first serve sir and I said right okay well if they those are the rules we've got a chance of pissing off a lot of people so Dave went and put his towel down at six so- in the morning <laughs> So we get there, some of our posse are already there, and uh, they're in the TV room, and as I've given the heads up, but they turned to me and said, there's a Scouser here, and he's got here before us. So this one guy is obviously got the dibs on it. Anyway, fast forward, people are starting to you know gather around, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, there's a lap over, and the Villa game, you get to see 15 minutes of it while Liverpool are at half-time. So we switch it over. Uh, the Scouse guy goes to the bar, some other people go, but then there's a conference on, and People start to funnel through, and there's people from Germany, there's people from Holland at this convention that's happening at this hotel. And because Villa and Forest are playing in the same colours as Liverpool and Bayern Munich are playing in, most of the audience in this TV room think they're watching Bayern Munich versus Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, the quality of our
0: football gives it away, to be
1: honest. You know, the goals were going in and uh, there was people celebrating. Because Liverpool were playing in white as well. And I think it ended up the same score, didn't it? It was, yeah. So they were none the wiser. I mean, obviously, uh, the Liverpool fan came back eventually and uh, we we switched it. But let's say we watched a little bit more of the Villa Villa Forest game than... uh, than we should have been uh, doing. Anyway, back to the real game. Remember that Champions League nonsense. It was a battle of two former European champions, so it was easy why they got confused with it. But going in, into that game, the big decision was was uh, who who was he going to go with uh, in terms of the midfield, whether Whelan was going to get a berth or. Uh, McGinn but he went I thought he went more attacking than I expected because I, I kind of half thought that Whelan might be in there for Horahan but in the end uh, McGinn M- Esther has just been it's almost like it rattled his cage that suspension and then getting dropped uh, when he was obviously available again he's come back like a Duracell bunny hasn't he yeah he, he's apart from when he plays against Kazakhstan so, <laughs> uh, so,
0: uh, <laughs> yes. I'm quite pleased to be honest he
1: only played about 60 minutes didn't he so he'll be nice and fresh sorry we're, we're referring to uh, John McGinn Exquisite performance under Alex McLeish uh, in the Scottish uh, debacle. Uh, But enough. uh, Let's not waste any more time on Alex McLeish. They don't want to talk about pub league football, do they? No. So in terms of uh, the Forest game, uh, Max, was it
3: easier than you expected in the end? In the end, yeah. I I think it was the right decision to put McGinn in. I think Whelan had played a lot of games and obviously McGinn had a stormer and scored twice. But towards the end of the first half, I was a little bit nervous because Forest had all of the ball. And I said, if if we get in a a half-time winning, we've done well because they could easily have got an equaliser just before half-time. But second half, I thought we were absolutely fine. They had a goal disallowed, I think, for a push, which might It'd been a little bit soft, but yeah, overall yeah. I think we were absolutely fine.
1: Because Forest did actually just, I mean, it, it's marginal, but they did it on in terms of possession, which uh, is unusual when Grealish is in the team, because I think we've been averaging about 58% uh, Villa in terms of possession when Grealish plays. Yeah. What do you think of Green's performance? Because he played the whole 90 minutes, obviously, this time. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, I've seen a few people saying he didn't really do much, but I thought he had a, a lot of
3: good runs, to be fair to him. I think he was linking up well with the midfield. He did look bright, I think, against Borough. We'll come on to it, but I don't think he was as good. But in the Forest game, I thought he, he did look bright.
0: He gives, you, he gives you energy, doesn't he, ultimately? Yeah. You, know, you might not always get the end product when he gets to the byline or into the penalty area, but you know he's going to put a shift in and he gives you that out ball that, you know, if you want to play from back to front, you can give him it and he'll stretch the opposition. Yeah,
1: Same I as, Al- as Algarzi. And I think because obviously we're away and and there was obviously a bit of rotation there because the had did put in a good shift against the Blues. Uh, should we move on to the Borough or anything else? Uh, I think that the Forest game,
0: I'm sure, you know, Max would agree because he was there, but... The, the Forest game, the Blues to a certain extent, but you, you were starting to see through these games away from home that all of a sudden we can we can battle with teams and match them physically and we can also control the game now. You know We can dictate the tempo. The arrival of Mings just seems to have made a huge difference at the back in terms of organisation, leadership, and actually our distribution from the backs got much better because both him and Courtney Hawes can actually play with the ball, yeah. which is something that with all due respect to Chester as much as he's been fantastic for a couple of seasons, he's, he is severely um, inferior to those guys in possession. Um, those guys give us a totally different outlook. And I thought Taylor had a brilliant game against Forrest. You know, he was the outball every time. And he actually had a really good game against um, Middlesbrough as well.
3: Yeah, I think Taylor has been underrated in this run we've been on. I think Mings and House have taken the limelight, but Taylor has been good. He deserves a lot of credit, but Mings and House, again, against Forest, they were so, so good. I think there was a moment in the first half, um, Mings just did us some sort of bicycle kick clearance. It was quite amazing for where I I was sat, but (laughs) again, they they were so, so good and they're forming quite a partnership. And I don't think, for me, Chester gets into this team if everyone's fit. But right.
1: We'll see. Yeah. Would you? We we always said. Uh, well, in in the last few shows, that under Dean Smith, Villa's problem was they only seem to win if they're playing very well, like they're playing their A game. But if but they really struggle when it when it comes to. And it's always a, a hallmark of a very good team is to win playing ugly or, or win when you you know when you're not at your best at all. Do you think it's because they were lacking a certain physicality, or I don't know uh, what was actually missing? Uh, because allegedly we're playing a high press but we haven't seen that so if you're trying to play the high press and it doesn't work that's what happened uh, initially after Grealish was injured and we were getting caught on the counter all the time but now we just seem to we we could do enough to get a draw but we just couldn't uh, hold tight enough to get it over the line but do you, do you see any difference now in terms of like a toughness to kind of battle out and win points as opposed to having to blow teams away
3: yeah I think Ming's coming in has helped that but I think we just control the game so much better. I think the distribution from the back is so, so good and it just allows us to go forward much better. But it is a difficult one. Yeah.
0: I think having, you know, steering goal, certainly you know, we're going to move on to the Borough game, but there were, there were two or three moments in that game. There were moments in the Blues and the Forest games where, unlike the other two keepers, when a ball comes over the top, Steer is the only goalkeeper we've had this season who is willing to actually come out and claim the ball on the edge of his box. He'll yeah. come out and punch. If it's outside of his box, he'll happily come out and smash it into the stand, which, you know, Nyland was permanently rooted to his spot. And I don't think Kalinich had obviously grown into his role yet. Um so having Steer at the back improved us defensively. And actually Al Mohammadi coming back into the team as all of a sudden, like like Taylor, like Mings, like Hawes, he can play with the ball. He give he gives us the extra gear to go through yeah. going
1: forward. Well, let's let's just stick on Steer for, for a little bit. Uh, he's obviously somebody who had a season on loan at uh, Huddersfield, so he knows the championship. And to all, all reports that he, he had a decent time at Huddersfield. And I could never really understand, and this isn't with hindsight because we said it at the time, why he was being shipped out when we got Nyland in and why he was not there as either an you know understudy to Nyland or giving him competition and we went with Bun instead. I mean there's two decisions, uh Steve Bruce made that make you scratch your head and one was obviously Elphick being shipped out online and the other one was Steer when he was far superior to Bunn and in case anything went wrong with Nyland and obviously it did uh, we're talking performance and injury he would uh, he would have definitely got games Uh, but in terms of and it's an important thing as a as a fan when you're watching your team do you have confidence in your goalkeeper if you had to rate our three goalkeepers Kalinich, Nyland and Steer in terms of this season, Max, in terms of your confidence uh, in them and being comfortable with them, uh, i.e. not nervous that they'll make a mistake? How do you rate them? I think steer has got to be
3: top. Second, probably Kalinic and then unfortunately Nyland at the end. But uh, towards the end of Nyland's reign, just before he got injured, I think in the Preston game, he did actually look quite good. And it's so unfortunate that slowly he was growing into it and we haven't seen what he could have been. But yeah, it's it's we'll see. But I don't I don't know if he's going to come back and play because we've signed Kalinic for seven million. So yeah. he, he's not going to sit on the bench forever, is he?
1: Yeah, I think
0: that's seven million euros. Uh, just, nah, I think with Nyland, what you had was um, a goalkeeper that was very much the the sort of he could make the Hollywood save, but the actual nuts and bolts work of a goalkeeper of commanding his box, organising the back four, he just didn't do it. Yeah. You know, it was the same as sort of Sam Johnson last season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. But this isn't the Nylon show. This is the Jed Steer show. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. And I think, do you know what? He's hes given the back four confidence. And he's hes just got an extra year on his contract. Well, he, his contract was going to run out. So what does that say this summer? Because if, if there's one position that we've pretty much sorted out for next season and I think that it doesn't even depend on what league we're in. It's the goalkeeper situation because we've essentially gone out and bought two new goalkeepers and just extended the uh, contract of another. So I think those three goalkeepers will be our goalkeepers, whether we're in the Premier League or, or this division. How do you think that plays out over the summer? Well, it's a tough one for me. I'd, I'd stick with Jed
3: Steer, but Nylon he might, he might be off because Bun will be off. We, we all know that. I think yeah. his contract uh, ends in the summer, but steer he's obviously signed this new contract so he's gonna he's gonna play a part next year and so is Kalinich. obviously we've talked about the money but yeah nyland i don't know if he, he could be off
1: yeah no it's a good point because nyland would have seen this Kalinich situation and gone i mean sometimes goalkeepers back themselves or players back themselves and they'll think well i'll give it till january and see what happens so that you know that might be a situation that uh, transpires, obviously, uh But pre-season becomes a bit awkward for Dean Smith because normally if you've got two equal goalkeepers, you give them a half each in a pre-season game or alternate them game after game. But you've got three who are all on equal peg in it. becomes a bit of a tough one to give them actual game time to evaluate.
2: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order muck delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um,
1: anyway, moving on to uh, the Middlesbrough game. And, and this is it's, it's a weird one where Villa can slap Borough 3-0 home and away, beat Derby 4-0 at home and 3-0 away. And that suggests that this team's Premier League ready already, that we can slap some of the best teams in this division. But uh, were you disappointed with Borough? I thought they were dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really poor, <clears throat> you know, for a team who were
0: at the time reasonably comfortably in fifth place, no, not looking in any danger of dropping out of the playoffs. You know, they'd had a bit of a wobble before. I think it was a good time to play them, if truth be told, but I wasn't impressed with them when we played them at the, uh, the Riverside. They showed about as much ambition as they did in the playoff semi-final. Yeah. You know they've come to Villa. You know, they've come to Villa Park what three or four times, if you exclude the cup game last year, and they've just not come and had a go. And sat at you know, the 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 Borough game uh, this season, they had what one shot at goal that wasn't actually a meaningful effort. at goal. I mean, I can't remember a home game against anybody in, since we've been relegated, let alone a, a promotion supposedly a promotion rival who haven't come to Villa Park and had a go. Yeah. It was literally like playing a team who were bottom of the table and devoid of confidence. And I think that's kind of summed up in some of the Middlesbrough fans' comments. They were just they just played like they were as soon as they went a goal down it was like game over.
1: What did Pulis say after the game? That Villa were lucky apparently. What do you think about that Max? Wow. Well, uh... Were we lucky? Sixty-one percent possession, eighteen shots.
3: Yeah, we we barely scraped the three-nil win. But I don't know what Tony Pulis is on about there. He's always
0: been. A it bit just shows a, a real lack of respect for the you know your opposition. Yeah, you know when he when he sort of says you know Villa have scored three non-league goals. We look the better side after the first substitution <laughs> against the so-called big teams. We've looked solid today and opened up a little bit. It's kind of like it's, it's very it's
1: very disrespectful. Historically, Villa don't have a problem with Pulis. Remember, no. remember when we were scratching around the bottom of the league? And in the FA Cup, sixth round, but West Brom had a chance to not only potentially relegate us, because I think if they beat us in that league, had game... Them twice in a week, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. We, we'd have been in the same week, they had a chance to pretty much relegate us and also knock us out of the FA Cup and just leave us, it's like shooting down a plane in the sky. We'd have been, you know, dive bomb into our uh, oblivion. And, you know, you think Puglis, oh, he's tight, it's not going to be, but, you know, no problem. Even with Team Sherwood as the manager, we got rid of him twice. And he's ne you know, he didn't, he couldn't get rid of Bruce in the uh, in the semi. Yeah, they didn't come and show willing. You're always told that it's going to be tough against Pulis, and we never seem to have any problems. And we've had less, less and less problems uh, this season. We've just annihilated them both times. What do you think, Max? Because I was looking, at, let's say a week or two when you started to think about Villa potential in the playoffs, you just thought, well, sixth place is still up for grabs. But I think now fifth place is up for grabs. Would you say as well? Yeah, for sure. I think a couple of weeks ago, we were all quite optimistic thinking,
3: could playoffs happen? And there was only one real place that in in terms of sixth place, the only place that was really up for grabs. But now it's fifth and sixth. And I was speaking to um, a Borough fan before the game and they're really not happy. I think they can see themselves falling out of the playoffs and even mid-table, I think one of them said to me. So I think fifth place, if we can keep this up, could be ours. Because they've
1: lost the last three games, Borough have they not?
3: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah,
1: they just don't look like scoring. You know, for a team in fifth, they don't look like taking the game to anyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. we'll transition into what what we think is going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, Borough just to continue on them, uh, they've they've won one home game in the last five as well. So this is a team. This is a team that's uh, as Max just said, the fans are kind of turning against them. They've lost momentum. They've just been uh, slapped by a team they really didn't want to get uh, allowed to have any momentum, which is Villa, because now we've got a head of steam and we're obviously... Uh after them and you look at their fixtures uh the remaining fixtures their next two fixtures i think will set the tone because they've got to play norwich and they've also got to play bristol city now if they don't win any of those games i think they're they're struggling to stay in the top six for sure and you know then it doesn't really matter who you're playing uh, because if you lost your momentum uh you know other teams in the championship would can pick you off it doesn't I mean, we've seen ipswich done villa big favors somehow they've managed to uh Peg back three promotion hopefuls, 1 uh, 1 last three games, uh, West Brom, Bristol City and Forrest as well so uh, you get some unlikely results all over the place but uh, Villa have at the right time won four games where other teams have started to stumble badly and Derby are as inconsistent as uh, hell I mean they've got kind of a soft fixture list and they've got a chance let say in the next four games I mean well, five games six probably they've got to play Rotherham, Brentford, Blackburn, Bolton, Birmingham, QPR, before they play anybody who's uh, got any am- ambitions of uh, the playoffs, so they could get themselves back in it, but they're so inconsistent that uh, I think they'll drop points in in that run anyway. I think Villa of of the of the batch, everybody will be looking at Villa going. Well, they were
0: always going to turn it round eventually. They've turned it round sooner than everybody thought. Yeah, I think the the injury situation has cleared up. Touchwood, and all of a sudden you're looking at Villa going. Well, you know
1: who's going to give Villa a game at the moment. Name, name me the two teams that you're more concerned about in terms of getting that fifth and sixth spot.
3: I think that we will get fifth place and I think Middlesbrough will slip out of it. I think Preston are yeah, yeah. one at the moment. They beat Bor- Borough away. They've won their last six away games or something ridiculous. So do I think they'll get playoffs? Maybe. But who out of them teams just outside the playoffs could I see coming out? I don't really know because Blues, we all know about them. They've gone. Middlesbrough are going to fall out of it. Forest have gone. I'm, I'm not too sure. I think that sixth place is up
1: for grabs. It really is. Well, Preston, they're doing a bit of a Millwall because I think they got beat uh, away at Rotherham on the first day of the year. I think it was the first or the second. But since then, they've been unbeaten this year. And they've, you know, including wins against Norwich as well. And they've won, as you said, six away games. So, But the problem is, after their next game against Reading, if they win that, then they've got to play Sheffield United, Leeds and West Brom all on the trot. Yeah,
0: you throw that at Sheffield Wednesday as well. You know, Sheffield Wednesday have had a really good run under Bruce. And now they've got to start playing. You know, the, the big boys are up. They haven't beaten yeah.
1: anybody in the top 10.
0: And now they've got to play, obviously Villa, Stoke, Forest, Leeds, Norwich. I think they've got Bristol and Preston Bristol, as well. So, yeah. I don't think Sheffield are a, are a realistic one. Br- Bristol having the game, the games in hand, will give them a psychological boost. But, but fixture congestion at the same yeah, time? Yeah, and, they, they, and they've, they've got games against tough, tough sides. Tough sites. You know, they have got Sheffield United and Middlesbrough next. They've got to play the Baggies. I think the game between Villa and Bristol at Villa Park could be. the really big one for us Yeah, Um, that's the only one in our fixtures that you think that's against one of the teams I think realistically the game against Norwich come the last day will probably need to win but I think Norwich will have they'll be done by then anyway. I think they'll be on the beach at that point. Leeds away the week before, that could be the really tough one because I'd imagine Leeds and Sheffield United are probably going to battle it out all the way to the death.
1: So what are you saying? You're saying Norwich are going to do it? Yeah, I think think Norwich will win it at this point.
3: Yeah, I think Norwich are gone. I think Sheffield United will get second. I think they've got the best home form in the league, Sheffield United. They're so, so good at home. They've shown the ability away as well. They beat Leeds and I think that's a really big result for them both psychologically as well. Yeah, yeah. But because I think it, Sheffield United and Norwich will go up.
1: Because one thing about Sheffield United uh, is their manager, Chris Wilder. He knows how to win. I mean, he won the, the conference with Oxford. He won League 2 with Northampton, then League 1 with Sheffield United. And this is a winning pedigree. This is something we've when we discussed, when we were in, you know, obviously the bad run, you're looking at Dean Smith and certain fans are going, oh no, guaranteed, he's the man, blah, blah, blah. But he had no pedigree. He's got no winning pedigree. He never finished above eighth. But with Chris Wilder, when you're looking at this hypothetical situation of, you know, is it going to be Sheffield United or Leeds? You look at Wilder's record and he's got, he's won. You know he's won titles. He knows how to win. He knows so that that means it doesn't matter about what team it is, whatever. Mentally, he knows how to get his team down and he knows how to keep it going. So you look at Leeds and Leeds are temperamental. I mean, they can destroy teams as we saw against the Baggies, or they can ship goals when they played Villa. I mean, even though they you know they dominate the first half, we were two nil up, and Tammy Abraham should have made it three, and that would have been you know the game out out. And we didn't have Grealish then. We, they, they didn't play us at our best and we should have beaten them. But sorry, uh, Leeds, I think, are, are a little temperamental where Sheffield United and their manager have, have, have got a track record to suggest. And because obviously he's done it recently to get them out of League One, that, you know, they're, they're there for the long haul. I think the thing
0: that certainly the pundits are
1: looking at with Leeds as well is the way that Bielsa,
0: this, you know, this Bielsa ball works, they run more than anyone in the league, and I think a few yeah. people have thrown it at them that have they run their race? you know are they getting leggy now at the at the worst possible time? you know could you you know come the end of April may will they have run out of steam that 's you know yet to be decided but i can I can understand that you know they will have played a lot of games yeah and it 's a very dynamic game of football as you look at villa and they actually look very fresh and we're we're kind of going through the gears we 're one of the few sides at the moment who are really. Building up ahead of steam at the, at the right time. Or as you look at Albion, they're kind of coasting. Leeds are sort of up and down a little bit. Sheffield United and not so. Norwich so just are to conclude,
1: you're you're both saying Sheffield United automatic with Norwich. Yep. Yes. So that leads us into the playoffs, where we have we have Aston Villa, we have West Brom, we have Leeds, and I th- I think personally, I think Derby or Borough. I think. Preston, unless they do a Fulham and, and they just plough through Sheffield United, Leeds and, and West Brom without any concern. And uh, those three fixtures that I thought they might come and stuck in, you know, they, they get rid of over Preston. But let's just say, uh, I mean, who do you fancy? Let's I'll ask you, Max, who do you fancy? Middlesbrough, Preston or Derby? Oh. Derby have got a game in hands uh, and Middlesbrough have got a game in hand to Preston. Preston have probably got the hardest fixtures Derby you probably got the easiest.
3: Yeah, I'll probably go with Derby. Uh, as I said, I spoke to Middlesbrough fans; they're not happy. Preston, I just don't quite see it happening, so I'm going to go with Derby. Chris Bud. Uh,
0: yeah, Derby. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go for Derby. I think the international breaks come at a good time for Derby. I don't think they're a bad side. I just think they
1: yeah
0: they aren't really fit and they need the break. But I think when they get there, you know, they get their shit together. I think they'll be all right.
1: Yeah, because my, my concern at the moment is not getting into the playoffs. I think we'll get in the playoffs. My concern is winning the playoffs, which is the problem. Because the current top four teams in six games against Villa, we haven't beaten any of them. You could argue that we haven't actually played our had our best team uh, in some of those games. And, well, we, we've got a team now that hasn't played any of those teams, if you know what I mean. We haven't played them with Mings in-house and, and Grealish all in the same team. So do you fear any of those teams? Honestly? That said, no. I'm going to say no as well. No.
0: I think you're looking at a very different Aston Villa now that were, even to the team that were on a good run in November because you look at how we're set up defensively yeah. and I think if you put Villa against any of those sides including Norwich at the moment I might add yeah. Villa with the back four we've got Villa are going to score against whoever they play at the moment because our firepower is the best in the league it's just a fact
1: <laughs> it's we're, just a fact <laughs> but,
0: but our, our back four and the midfield defensively as a unit were so open I mean the, you know, the yeah. forest game the, I mean you can look down our results this season it's laughable so the amount of two all draws three all draws five yeah. all it's, it's crazy yeah. I don't see too many of those results now um, we've shown we can fight till the end I mean the Sheffield United game showed that the fact that we can go to St Andrews and grind out scrappy 1-0 we can ride our luck a little bit against Forest and then go through the gears and dominate we've flattened Forest, flattened Derby home and away there'll be teams looking at Villa and I think as and we've discussed it a few times that the two legs of the semi-final, if we get there, is what would fear me because I actually think this Villa team going to Wembley for a playoff final would—they wouldn't have the shackles. They'd go for it.
1: I think I can see a fire fight with Leeds at Wembley. That would be. Uh...
0: Yeah, I think that that's kind of what I've been um, thinking for a while. That, but I think if, if Villa go into the playoffs with momentum, I don't think anybody's going to want to play Villa.
1: What game do you fear the most in terms of you know, for example, Baggies? Over two legs or Derby at Wembley, Max? Is there any? permutation of the playoffs that you would say would be a, a tough obstacle for Villa to get through. I mean, you know, they're all not going to be a walk in the park, but I mean, for example, I'll go first. Uh, Baggies home and away might be a bit sticky. Yeah,
3: I think we'll get fifth and we'll get Albion in, in the semifinals, which oh, I can't imagine that because we'll get them at, at home first as well. And then we'll have to go to the Hawthorns away second. Yeah. And that, that that scares me a little bit. But with the momentum we have, and as as Chris said, with the defense we've got, which is, different to when we played Albion, when we lost 2-0 at home. Yeah, Maybe we could surprise them a little bit and hopefully we can do a job on that. Well, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here, but <laughs> let's hope so.
1: Because I know uh, from this West Midlands Police meeting, uh, independent advisory group meeting, that they don't want the baggies over two legs. I think they don't want that more than Wembley. But uh, if we do get fifth, then obviously it looks more likely the two-legger job. I don't know, Chris, what what would you see that's different in terms of the way we've played them the last the last two times, because even when you know when we had Grealish, that was obviously the game we got injured. We uh, we should have won that really. It was a yeah, dubious goal. It was goal, just a lack, a lack of a lack of, killer, a lack of killer
0: instinct. Yeah, and a dubious um, goal. Yeah, I think the, the game at Villa Park kind of was what it was, and I think most Villa fans just want to put that to the back of their mind. I think that the, the difference with this Villa team is: could I see us going to the Hawthorns with a lead? Yes. Would the Villa team in 2018 have gone to the Hawthorns with a lead and actually held on to it? No. I mean, you would say, whoever you would play in the playoffs, we would concede, so we'd have to score. Can we actually keep a clean sheet? This team probably can. I don't fear anybody in the final. It's over two legs more. I think at Wembley, I think it would take care of itself with players like McGinn on a big field, Grealish on a big pitch. I think someone like Al Ghazi, I think, would really raise his game on a big occasion. I think someone like Mings would be in his element. But this team, when
1: when Dean Smith's team's in its full pomp, I don't think it matters home or away. no. Would you agree with that, Mac? Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I don't think it matters who you play either.
0: Yeah, it's, ir- it's irrespective of opposition.
3: Away from home, we we do look a little bit better. Whether it's the pressure that when we were on that dodgy run, it was the pressure the whole end that were moaning every time like a pass went out of play. But away from home. We just don't. It doesn't look like it phases us under Bruce yeah. away from home. Sometimes it wasn't the the same as Villa Park, but under Dean Smith, I don't see any difference home and away.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's looking good. Uh, last time you we were on the show, we, we we did a predictions where we were f- going to finish, and uh, we were all predicted just outside the playoffs. So hopefully that. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't remain in our, in our, and this resurrection that we didn't expect uh, gives us a different set of results. But we're all, we're all pretty confident now that we're going to be in the playoffs. And uh, I'm so glad the season continues because I just couldn't think of how can you do podcasts and obviously you do YouTube videos. How can you do them when it's just like the season's over, it's all dead and are you just kind of going through the motions? But now we have drama. We have adventure. We have momentum, and we've got belief. I mean, there's, the, yeah. you know, there's so much to be said for
0: that. You know, you can see the players; they believe, and they are laser focused. And the fans, all of a sudden, you know, the Middlesbrough game was a pretty good atmosphere, and the fans believe.
3: Max, do yeah, you believe? I, I, yeah, I just, I'm just going to say, I can't be dealing with another defeat at Wembley. <laughs> but neither can <laughs> well, I, and I'm getting used to it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Wait, well, right, what do you normally do in the international breaks? Do Enjoy you... the time off, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, do you yeah. see them as a enjoyable thing, Max, or is it a a bit of a curse? I, people always moan about them. I I welcome two weeks of not thinking about Villa, and it's it's beautiful to go into an international break after four wins. And I think well, it,
3: has it, has it come at the wrong time?
1: Well, uh, I was about to say that. I think it's a good time I because think it's a it, good time this this time round. You have a chance to recalibrate, take stock, look at because the, the landscape's changed now. So get the mentality right for the changed landscape. It also gives, we've had a couple of weeks where suddenly we've got, an. Know, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait for the cheers, but Henry Lansbury's now going to be fit. And, and uh, his cheese string <laughs> hamstrings. <That's Max. laughs> and his man, nice man, man bun is back. And Axel uh, Tuinzebis will, will be uh, ready to go as well. So we'll have a stronger squad for starters, unless there's some, uh, have we got any in- internationals nowadays? <laughs> I think got- Horahan
0: on Whelan will be away with Ireland, McGinn with Scotland. Obviously, Jimmy, Jim, Dan's best friend, Jimmy Danger, has gone away and got himself a stupid haircut. Stupid haircut,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think Dan Rogers probably cut his hair, to be honest.
0: He's going for the Jason Lee pineapple. At least we've got a new song to sing, and I know the Villa fans have been moaning that we haven't got a new song, so at least we can sing he's got a pineapple on his head.
1: Yeah, no, there is that. Because I'm a Lincoln boy, I always used to remember the, uh, the Jason Lee. I always remember he, he couldn't play football, he was terrible. He had the worst control of any football player I've ever seen. But apart from the pineapple on his head, he managed to get sent off in three consecutive games. That was his only main attributes as a footballer, knew how to get sent off. And for a centre-forward, it was terrible. And for some reason, Nottingham Forest bought him. It's almost like if we managed to sell Ross McCormack now. Which doesn't look like we're going to do, if you've seen the papers this week. It looks like Motherwell will be sending him back off his loan spell. Well, he's already back, isn't he? he?
0: Because he's that out of shape. He's a spent force, but of course he won't retire. Well, why would you? He just sit and take his money, wouldn't he? Why would you? What What would you nah, do? Exactly. He knows he's not going to play at Villa, doesn't he? And he probably won't get another loan either.
1: Well, like uh, Mika Richards, uh, he's injured. He can't play football anymore. And he hasn't I mean, I, for I'm for not over a year. Has he? I'm not 100 on the the insurance situation and what the medical was. Apparently. He didn't cleanly pass his medical, so they couldn't get insurance. That's like the the wife's tale on this. So obviously he's broken down and he can't announce his retirement because obviously he's still getting his wage. He would obviously get more sympathy from Villa supporters. So he's got to go through this period where he's got to get to the end of his contract, take all this abuse and suck it up because he can't really announce his retirement now. I think initially, uh, he, you know, he, he didn't want to, when you're a footballer, you don't want to, uh, it's not an easy thing to kind of admit to yourself that it's over. So he, he probably uh, kept trying, but now he's in a position where uh, I think it's, it's game set and match over. But at least I, I don't want to be, we've always had to talk about these players like sucking the club dry. And I think Villa truly moved forward once all these once I think probably next season, once McCormack's off the uh, the books as well, I don't think there will be any left. I mean, there's like Lansbury's and Hogan's or whatever, but they still potentially could be bit part players.
0: Yeah, I, I still think Hogan uh, not Hogan sorry, uh, Lansbury could have a moment for us in you know in him this season. I think he's still got a role to play.
1: Right, and on that note, it's time to uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to end the show when you're starting to talk about the potential saviour, how Henry Lansbury is going to lead us to uh, Europe and. In the premier league next season maybe he has a role to play at wembley in the forthcoming playoff final which hopefully will be there anyway let's not get ahead of ourselves so much uh, thank you very much for max uh, for joining us on the show and chris as always uh, please please do follow and subscribe on spotify itunes or whatever format you uh check the show also if you're on itunes give us a, a wee review and slap a five stars on it as well if you could. Also become a patron on myoldmansaid.com stroke patron to check out the details there to help us carry on the show. Right, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: My old man said. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.